going on, everybody? Welcome back to Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton, and I'm joined here with me, a special birthday girl, Sophie Dilly. Good evening, Sophie. How how are you today on this fine birthday evening? I'm good. I'm feeling 19, Jasmine. Oh, you, you a baby, <laughs> bro. You a baby. My goodness gracious. Gosh, 19. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. I feel real old. About oh, to be tw- no. I'm turning 24 this year. And, uh, girl, enjoy this. Oh, yeah. Do not do not be in- tainted by bills because, girl, it's coming. And it's <laughs> it's it's going to hit you. It's literally going to slap you in your face and then laugh at you. That's what bills are going to be like. So good luck. But anywho, <laughs> welcome here to Wildcat 91.9. Of course, I said earlier I am Jasmine along with Sophie, the birthday girl here. And, y'all, the NBA playoffs has begun and we're gonna get to that here in a moment because there's so much stuff i got an injury report to give y'all because y'all know that's what i do and that's how i do with my injury reports and it's 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 a it's a long butt report there's a lot of injuries here and i'll get that here in a second but before we jump into the basketball jump to the stuff i know all y'all would love to hear we got to get to some k-state business because that's what we do here at wildcat 91.9 so k-state baseball they're kind of they're how do I explain this very well? They're like they're up and then they're down and they're back up. They had a really good series against um, Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Okay, they had a good job. They lost the series one two, but the games they were all in, they were super duper close. Then they went to Texas Tech, and honestly, you just kind of want to forget that series because they got busted up. But now here, recently this past weekend, they were up against seventh ranked Texas, and so far all these teams that I listed, like Oklahoma State. What were their top 10 when they came here? Yeah. Texas Tech, their top 15, and they just played TCU before these series even started. So the Big 12 is stacked when it comes to baseball, like they are with basketball. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. But baseball, it's it's the same monster. And mm-hmm. here with Texas, who came into Manhattan thinking they was going to get easy doves, but that was not the case as your K-State men's baseball team took the series 2-3. to three. And it was a it was an impressive outing. They won the first game eight to five. Okay, that's I told we talked about this. The offense was never a problem. Offense was never an issue mm-hmm. with this team. And then the second game did it again, winning eight to one. And remind you guys, this is the seventh ranked in the country. Texas baseball. Texas has been like that when it comes to baseball. They are better at baseball than they are at football. And honestly, I I prefer that. That's fine because I think that's funny. But you know whatever. And so then Texas, to avoid the sweep, they won the last game in the series 4-2. to two. But Sophie, there, there was apparently things are a little bit zesty, a little spicy in that final mm-hmm. game against Texas where we had two guys get ejected. Yeah. Can you please tell us the story about how that happened? Because I saw it on Twitter saying, bro, don't tell me someone just got ejected. I was like, since when y'all get all spicy to get ejected? So please tell, tell us the story about what the heck happened. Yeah, so I wasn't at that game. That was on Saturday, um, and I was already gone from Manhattan. But I read online that something happened when Dominic Johnson slid in to second base, and he slid really, really hard. And I don't know if there was interference at second with the second baseman. But anyway, they started drawing at each other, Dominic Johnson and the Texas second baseman. You know, like it gets, like you said, it gets pretty intense because – Texas is a cocky group, and we heard Dylan Phillips say that yeah. in an interview. He said that himself. He's like, they are so cocky, and they came in here. Texas was mad on Saturday. They had been blown out for two games. Dominic Johnson's fired up about it. He slid in. There was words exchanged. You know, I love Dom, so I'm not going to say anything bad about him, right? But um, 
Then Nick Goodwin and Kaylin Culpepper, our shortstop and our third baseman, got up off the bench. And I guess they, I think they came out of the dugout. And the, uh, before they could even, like, step foot, like, one foot out of the dugout, the, the umpire threw him out. He said, see you later, boys. And then they cannot play tonight. The uh, K-State's in Wichita State, or in Wichita, playing Wichita State tonight. And Goodwin and Culpepper cannot play that game. See, that sounds ridiculous because I was really trying yeah. to do some research about okay, what happened to Mm -hmm. get these guys ejected? And apparently I saw, I think uh, I saw a tweet that Colin Settle, our own Colin Settle tweeted, like, yo, what the heck? Literally half of UT's dugout was on the field, but none of them got thrown out. But apparently the two guys, and it happens to be the two very important guys to our our, our team, our starters who who do some very, very good things on the offensive end of the Mm -hmm. bat, you know what I'm saying? They're going to be without them for, I think, a really good uh, Wichita State team. A tough matchup tonight. And it's going to be another tough matchup. And now, like I said, offensively, those we're we're so good offensively, and those two guys are a big reason for it. Yeah. Uh, but tell me, Sophie, like, did you actually like? Did you, is there a video out there? Did you see the slide? Was Dominic Johnson's slide like egregious? Did it deserve a little oomph to it? Or I I didn't see a video. I didn't look very hard. Um, I, I was actually at work and I was reading this article. You know no. how that goes. And um, I was I was read about it. Um, but I did not see the video. Um. But it's just, it's hard, you know. Texas, like uh, Dylan Phillips said, they're so cocky. They came into Manhattan thinking they were going to sweep us. And then our fans got pretty, you know, K-State fans have a little bit of a little bit of mustard. And um, I guess they were, like, chanting SEC, and they were, you know, all horns <laughs> yes. down, as we all were. I mean, I was horns down the whole weekend, right? It's, it's, only, and, it's only acceptable. And I think it just, it just came to a head. Like, this series, I mean, we, the emotion in this series was intense. Like, you watch the highlight videos, like, on the K-State baseball Instagram page. I mean, our boys were so fired up, as they should be. And I think Texas had just had enough, and then Dominic Johnson had this hard slide. He jawed with the second baseman. And the umpires were just like, okay, we're done. And But I just find it funny. Like I say, like, I love Dominic Johnson, but I find it funny that he was the one jawing. And then it's like, yeah, Nick Goodwin and Kaylin Culpepper stand up. And the umpire's like, all right, like, I don't want you two out here anymore. And I'm like, what? Like, why did they eject Dominic Johnson? I don't know. I'm really confused. I, you see, at all, like, from what I've, because of course I don't watch as much baseball as you do. You are literally mm-hmm. like the the baseball queen around these parks, <laughs> but it seems like all of it just everything depends on the emotions of the umpires. Yeah, it this it pretty does. much always does. And of course, every every official, every referee, in some way, form, and fashion, there's always at least you know one guy mm-hmm. or one or two guys that just goes above and beyond in their in their sport that they're refereeing. But I feel like in baseball, it is. It's more inconsistent yeah. about what they decide to call and then what they don't. Yeah, yeah, especially with ejections. It, it really does depend on how the umpire's feeling. You know, if he's tired of getting pushed around by the home crowd, he might throw somebody out, which is funny to me because it's just going to make, make it the worse. crowd worse. But, no, I, I agree. I think it's interesting that nothing happened to Texas. But, I mean, that's the story of K-State life, right? I mean, it's like everything always goes for the other team, I feel like. But, oh, that's exactly I mean, how it goes. It was what it was. I mean, Saturday wasn't the game that we wanted, but I'm not mad at that game either. But hopefully it doesn't carry into, you know, today and tomorrow and then into this weekend because we need to put up some good spots. We had a great series, and we need to carry that through. Absolutely. And, of course, K-State baseball 
is still at 500. They're at mm-hmm. 17 and 17. That seems to be the sweet spot yeah. for this team. And like I know we've talked about this so much. The offense, offense is good. We have we have great so offensive ability. The pitching, however, has been a problem. And then just I know you because you only saw like what one game, right? I wasn't at any of them. He wasn't at any of the games. No. So because but I was able to tell that pitching pitching seems to get a little bit better. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like it elevates a little bit, but of course you can hardly tell that because now the competition is elevating. Right. Like now now right. you're literally so facing true. a ranked opponent seems like every other weekend. Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy to me that what Five plus one plus four is ten, right? Did I do? Girl, don't ask me no math stuff. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you're probably not gonna get a right math answer. Math isn't my strong suit, guys. So you know, you can judge me at home if you want. But I think that's ten runs. And basically, the fact that we held the number seven team, who we bumped them down to number ten, they're number ten now. We did that. Um, the fact that we held them to ten runs this weekend is absurd to me like that's good pitching that like that's a powerful offense probably one of the best offenses in the country we did that that's that's all I'm gonna say about that exactly and there's and there's it's not gonna end this baseball it's a long season it's a lot to go a lot of games. 17 and 17 games I'm not doing that math just y'all do it yourself get your calculators out 17 plus 17 <laughs> y'all I'm gonna let y'all handle that but yes I'm pretty sure that's gonna add up to being a lot of games and we're only like what barely halfway through the season yeah like base baseball continues after when school is done when this semester is over these guys will still be getting it in mm-hmm. so there's it's still a lot I would like to get above that sweet spot of being you know 500 I'm absolutely I don't want to be like so ungrateful because we could so much easily be below 500 and we have been and we have <laughs> been but we got some nice series going just like the one we just finished where we finished two and three against the seventh ranked team in the country mm-hmm. y'all know we got that spice to us and now even more spice because heck how many other teams around the country in the big 12 got dudes getting ejected for literally nothing but still that's not the point yeah. they still got we got some zestiness here yeah we okay do. we got a little bit of fire and we know that and they know that they know that they are good, and they know their weakness, and that weakness is progressively getting better and better. It's just the hard thing of it is that the competition is literally getting better and better, too. So it seems like there's almost a disconnect about how things go. Yeah. So that's it for the baseball. i got to make sure I do these things right. So we're going to take a quick break from our friends at Tanner's. Tanner's Bar and Grill in Aggieville offers friendly service, great food, and beer that is ice cold conveniently located on Morrow Street. This spot can always be seen with the big game on TV and drinks at the right price. With specials every day of the week, there's always something going on at Tanner's Bar and Grill. For more information, you can find them online at www.tannersbarandgrill.com or by calling 785-320-2575. Whether it's watching a 13-second drive to send the Chiefs to overtime or a buzzer beater to send Kansas State to the Elite Eight, Tanner's has you covered. If you can't beat the big game, Tanner's is where you want to be. And we are back. Thank you to that little break there. So more K-State things. And now a big K-State thing is that K-State men's basketball, of course, y'all know we got the new head coach, Jerome Tang. We got stud group of assistants, one being Coach Ulrich Maligi, who's considered to be one of the best recruiters in the country. We need some of that. And they were able to get their first transfer recruit in. Everybody applaud on your couches. I, I had I wasn't worried. It, it took a little bit longer than I thought would have happened, but it's cool. 
because we got one. We got one, and his name is Jarrell Colbert. He is a 6'10", 210-pound former four-star recruit from LSU. So we got we got some girth. We got we got big body bins now. Okay, and that's just something we need a little bit more of. And I was looking. I would look. I had to look up. You know, this kid on YouTube. Just you know, see what he is because he is he is a center. He is a big, <laughs> and that's something that K State was lacking very much. So like number one, like number one on the list of problems was a big. And I was yeah. able to look at this kid. He uh, coming out of Germantown, Tennessee. Shout out to Germantown. I got family up in there, so what's up? And then he did a lot of his AAU ball down in Texas, so that's how he's able to know Coach Tang and Coach Maligi as well. But this kid, he was the number three ranked center in Tennessee and 15th ranked in the country. Sophie, I think we got some talent. Uh, yes. I I, I'm pretty talent. excited because I'm hoping if he can move to center – we still have Ish Masood. Ish Masood, if by chance you're listening to us, we love you. And I just, we're so happy that you're here. I hope that he, that uh, Darrell can play center and Ish Masood can move back out to power forward and start yes. taking jump shots like he knows how to do. He tears it up out there. He should be out there every single game. And if those two can be like our little dynamic duo, I don't know. I've got a good feeling about it, I'm Jasmine. just saying it has such a great opportunity because, yeah. of course, a lot of people don't know why they were really disappointed in Ishmael's performance this year. But the only reason for that is because we were forced into a lot of small ball situation because we did not have a reliable big. So this is a guy who's normally used to playing the three and the four have to be the only sole big guy on the floor yeah. and that's not a position that he's used to play I don't even know if he's ever played that position but that's something that the team needed and desperately needed because they just mm -hmm. weren't getting that production from the other guys that we had on the bench but looking at this kid uh Jarrell Colbert I like I said I had to look up his you know YouTube highlight videos to see what mm -hmm. he got he, these are from high school so he's he's a little he's a little bit skinny He's on the skinny side, but I think he's bulked up a little bit at his one year at LSU. And I, I'm watching him. I'm like, oh, footwork. Yes. Oh, my goodness. He has footwork. Yes. Oh, my goodness. He has a hook shot. He has he has a package. He has a post-up package. I was like, I don't I don't want to, like, crap on the bigs that we have because I don't want to be mean. But, whoo-wee, this, like, this Colbert <laughs> kid, he has more than one move to commit to memory. Yes. And he looks like – and he can has the potential to be a passing big man. Yeah, like he. This is someone we can have to get into the paint, draw a lot of defenders in, and kick it out. Because that was a lot of what he had to do. At least on the highlight videos that I saw from him in high school, he was baited into that situation. The defense were baited into that situation because he was so dominant in the paint, and he kicks it out to a wide open guy. This is something that I'll probably prefer to have happen because the one person that we had doing that consistently was Marquise Noel. We had like our strongest, most consistent point uh, paint presence was our five eight guard where he would drive in and he would kick it out to an open man in the corner three. And that was that was pretty much the most consistent offense that we have had. And sometimes it works great when we're hitting shots. Other times it's just like we know what you're doing. And yeah. active hands and that leads to turnovers and things like that. So I'm just really excited for this kid yeah. out of LSU. I and truly, it, truly am. It just it makes so much more sense to me because it's like now he can be the one passing it out and Marquise Noel can be the one shooting that corner shot because – He's, yes. he's a three-point guy, right? He shoots from outside the arc very consistently. So it's going to work out. You know, like you said, he, he has depth. He can, you know, pivot. He can – I saw that he can shoot off the pass or shoot off, off the dribble. Um, 
and and he's a rebounder we need that oh, because you know our yes. double double man mark smith um unfortunately graduated yeah he's out of rest here. in peace and so um you know rebounding is what we need that hurt us so bad this last season so i cannot wait to see him pull down boards maybe he'll be our double double man this year who knows i hope so but honestly if we, cause we, we still, we have a lot, we have a lot to go. We, we yeah, have we so have much far to go. To <laughs> there is like, cause all we have now, because also with this great new transfer that we got in, in Jarrell Colbert, we also lost one today in Logan Landers. He yeah. was, he was the, one of the last men standing. So now all we have left is now Jarrell Colbert. So appreciate him for, you know, trusting in, into the cats. And then we have Marquise Noel. Ish Masood, and then Taj Manning, a freshman coming out of high school. So that's four. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's all we got. We have we have two walk-ons, but that's they true. never touch the floor, so can't really rely on them heavily. So, but there's there's a lot of scholarship openings left yeah. on this team. You're right. You're right. But I mean, yeah, it was. I saw Logan Landers in that portal today, and I was like, "Ooh, another one bites the dust." But Pretty I mean, much. but I mean, honestly, if we can keep Ish Masood and Marquise Noel, like, I'm going to be happy. Those two are my lifeline, and if they leave us, I might just pass away, Jasmine. I just, I hope, I hope not, because you need to see, you need to see with your own eyes what next season is going to behold, whether it be yeah. good or bad. Yeah, we're gonna entertain people either way of, of how it's going to happen. <laughs> but I mean. It's a start. Of course, like I said, it's a slower start than I would have thought a little bit. We've but, had a couple guys, you know, come in on visits recently. Uh-huh. Uh, there is a, but there's some highly sought-after guys. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I could be totally wrong with this, but I feel like this is this is, seems like the first time we're consistently talking to, like, four- and five-star guys. Yeah. I, to, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if we have – and we just like it was just kind of pushed over under the rug a little bit. Like they never said anything. Like like they are gonna choose us anyway. But out of it doesn't seem like we've talked to a lot of these guys who have that kind of potential. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's always been a consistent, you know, three star type of athlete, sure. and that's kind of the the athletes that K State has brought in pretty much all the time in every sport. Mm-hmm. It's it's not often that K State will bring in a four or five star recruit. It it really it's really is not often for us. And I've seen from basketball that what makes me think that it doesn't seem to happen. Because I remember Bruce Weber, he was the most effort that I've seen him try to recruit a five-star was Cade Cunningham before he chose Oklahoma State. We were in Cade Cunningham's, I think, top five. Yeah. And I think he were, he committed to K-State but then flipped to go to Oklahoma State. That was one of the most, like, that's the most I've heard, mm. like, K-State basketball really pushing for a five-star recruit, and we all know how good Kate Cunningham was. He was their sole reason of even going to the tournament yeah. last year, and he was the number one overall pick in the NBA, a one-and-done. So Kate Cunningham was super, super talented, and we just missed out on him. Why he chose to go to Oklahoma State over K-State, whatever. That's none of my <laughs> business. Okay, cool. And then I heard something a few years ago. Uh, Drew Timmy from uh, the forward, power forward, power five, from uh, – Gonzaga yeah he like apparently Bruce Weber tried to recruit him as well but it seemed to be that was that's that's something I heard like last year I was like no way they tried to get Drew Timmy I feel like that was one of those things like okay offered him but it's like swift on the road because there's there's no way they're gonna get Drew Timmy yeah but I was watching pretty much these past two seasons I was like oh what if we had Drew Timmy? <laughs> It'd be a I, completely different. Team. It would be so completely. But honestly, I feel like that would completely change the trajectory of Dean Wade if he was if 
them being here together too. I don't know. That's so true. Things things fall that. how they fall. But that's so that's what it is. But I love it seems like we all know that, you know, Coach Tang being here is a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. It's 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 new energy and that's something that all of us here, me like me and Sophie has been talking about. All the guys like have their who have their own show, they've been talking about to like, you know, Bruce Weber, he's gonna he's gonna be gone sooner rather than later. Whoever they bring in next, this is just something that we need. Everyone needs this new bit of energy, this some more umph, some mm-hmm. more hype, you know what I mean? And Coach Tang has been able to bring that in. So it's a little bit longer to get this first recruit. But hopefully we got the we got the one. So hopefully that keeps the ball rolling because, one, this year's not done yet. There's still a lot of guys in the transfer portal. And you still have the summer. This is not like football to where, like, you need to have somebody in. You need to have somebody in before, you know, fall starts. You know what I mean? Right. It could we – have, we have the summer. Someone could still commit over the summer. So I'm not going to be too worried about it. I just have to be patient. Like, yeah. these, these are huge decisions that these guys are making to make sure they're in the right place. This is a. This is kind of. I don't want to say like scary, so to speak, of a situation. Like, okay, K State has kind of been historically bad the past few years. This is a brand new head coach. This, that, and the third, and this is a really hard conference. I don't know the mindset of these guys who are coming in. Maybe they want to play for the best conference, but maybe they want to play for one of the better teams in the best right. conference. Like, there's, there's, it's thing, it's things like that. No, so I don't know where that mindset is at for yeah. them. Yeah, and it's hard too because I mean you have to consider the fact that like, I mean these dudes are like, nineteen or twenty years old, right? And the yeah. the other the other side to this is they're also student athletes. So it's like you have to make sure you're going to a place where you know if you're not going to go into the NBA, how can I best you know get a degree to have a good job? You know, Absolutely. so then it's like what what schools have you know my major? Like what am I actually going to do with my life? You know, can I do that? from k-state and so there's just so much to consider but i'm not worried either because the transfer portal has been dead like i was looking at it today and i was like no one's moving so I'm yeah, not, i was much. like i was kind of freaking out because i was like why is no one coming to k-state but no one's going anywhere so it's like i'm not even worried about it honestly yeah and there's already been huge additions to the transfer portal already like mm-hmm. tyrese hunter the, I saw the that. freshman big 12 yes. freshman of the year from iowa state he entered the transfer portal today today i, I was saw so that. surprised by yeah. that i was like yeah. really this kid we'll hop was, on that train <laughs> i know i was just like hey i mean if you if you was dealing with iowa you can deal with kansas manhattan kansas just fine you know yeah. what i'm saying but i don't know i feel like some people don't want to get that messy by transferring in conference i wise. love that i, I mean it would be it'd be okay i mean it's not good when we're on the receiving end of it yeah. But I mean, cause like, uh, what's that kid's name from Texas Tech? Shannon. He, I think, I think it was Shannon. He transferred. He entered the transfer portal as well from Texas Tech, and he was actually a transfer himself into Texas Tech. So I don't know what that is, but it seems like some success these guys are having and played a lot. They're ending up transferring. So I was like, hey, if y'all want to move in conference, we got plenty of open spots where you ride champ. I'm just saying, I think you can guarantee some playing time right here because mm-hmm. it is literally a free-for-all. Yep. I mean, I know we're not going to come in to only, like, seven guys for K-State, but I'm just saying, if you got to like that, and I know that these two dudes do, I don't think we're going to have no problems. That yep. That's all I'm going to say about that. So that was your K-State news course, K-State baseball, making it do what it do. Winning the series against number seven Texas, two to three. They got it done. Hopefully, they don't get it done tonight mm-hmm. at Wichita State, which I think that game has already started. I'm not really sure, so hoping for the best without two of their best hitters. 
And then K-State men's basketball, we got shout out to shout out to our main man now, Jarrell Colbert. Can't wait to see you literally dunk it on somebody's face. That's what we love. We love some aggression. And I can't wait to see that. So now moving on to the real, real fun stuff, some more playoff basketball. And and we're gonna get into that by with a little bit of injury report. And of course, for y'all who know and familiar with this, I have a degree in kinesiology. And it took me five years to get that mug, so I'll be damned if I'm not going to use it some way, somehow. So I'm doing this little bit of injury report for all the injuries that have gone on in the NBA and is detrimental to this playoff series. So here we go. Hopefully y'all can hear this going. Yes, y'all can. That's what I'm talking about. So starting off, we have Luka Doncic, my man, Dallas Mavericks guard. I love that man so much. But... He is going to be out tonight for this game two against the Utah Jazz. He's out with a calf strain. And for y'all who don't know, a calf strain, it is, is such a tricky, tricky thing because they have not been, there's been no note about what grade it is because it depends if it's grade one, two, three. That, that'll determine a lot. I think it's a low grade, but I'll be quite honest with you. I'd rather lose this series than to have Luka come in. And to like get hurt because if y'all remember 2019 when KD had a calf strain in their finals run and they kind of pushed him to go back into the finals and he busted his Achilles like a broken rubber band. That's what happened and that's what can happen from a calf strain. So they're really keeping an eye on this and like I said, I, calf strains, they're no joke. I, I Like I said, I'd rather lose this series right here than lose Luka for an entire season. I, that that's just how it is maybe the Mavs can hold it down I this man has never had any help in the playoffs before so he's probably not gonna have it now but you know I'm gonna do my best to stay confident so that's Luka Luka Doncic is going to be out tonight for the Mavs in their game two against the Utah Jazz so now moving on to the Toronto Raptors oh these poor souls there are three guys down for tonight's game. Two of them are starters, okay? One being potential rookie of the year, Scotty Barnes. He left the other night against the 76ers with an ankle injury. It looks like a looks like a sprain. It went out, it went outward when he got stepped on by Joel Embiid. And he's currently in a boot right now. There, the MRI that they took just last night said that results were negative. So there's no structural damage. So that's nice. Now, they're hopeful that he can come back in this series, but, I mean, y'all got to try to win at least one more game for that to happen because they was getting absolutely spanked against the 76ers. So, if they can come back, maybe force a game a game six. If they can force a game six, then he may have the potential to come back. Un- unsure. And now, moving on to Gary Trent Jr., another starter that the Toronto Raptors are going to be without. He is going to be gone with an illness. It's non-COVID-related. I don't know, but it could be still possible depending on what type of illness. Because, you know, Jordan had his flu game. That uh, I doubt Gary Trent Jr. got the facilities for that, the talent for that to have like a Jordan flu-like game. Or he just might not play. So probably for him to not play. And then also still for the Toronto Raptors, it's just getting worse. They have Thaddeus Young who is out, who's out with a sprained thumb. I do believe it's on his shooting hand. And he's a reserve player, but he's a much-needed reserve player. He doesn't necessarily give you a lot of points off the bench, but him defensively, he's a presence when you need that when you're going up against, you know, potential MVP Joel Embiid and James Harden and then Tyrese Maxey, who just absolutely went off on everybody scoring 38 points. So, Toronto fans, this is a safe space. 
I am so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really am because you have two starters out and a really important reserve player, and they all pretty much got busted up in that one game, the one game you played in the series. So then there's that. Now moving on to the Denver Nuggets. Michael Porter Jr., who's been out for a majority of the season with a back injury, but they're looking for him to come back in this series against the Warriors. Can't really say what game against the Warriors, but if the Warriors kind of be doing how they do like they did in game one, they have to make it they have to make them come back before that four game that fourth game because it has the potential to be a sweep but we don't know game two is going to be tonight on tnt sophie she's struggling she's holding back tears right now because that's her team and then still with jamal murray he tore his acl around this time last year against the golden state warriors in the playoffs they, they were looking at first to see if he would come back, but there's there's too much even mentally because it's going to be because he tore his ACL in that same building against Golden State. So he's more than likely not going to come in to this playoff series like they originally hoped. And I completely understand. So ACL injuries, you have to be very careful like that. Everyone's because normally it takes nine to 12 months for an ACL to, you know, to really heal to get your strength back up from that. So it's just a pity. They might just wait it out until next season, and he'll be back to being Jamal Murray, the absolute future all-star that he is pretty much going to be. And then now moving on to the Atlanta Hawks. They, unfortunately, are going to be still going to be without Clint Capello, who had a hyperextended knee in the play-in game against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it, it didn't look great. Honestly, the MRIs came back, and they are also negative for structural damage. So from looking at what happened and looking at what normally happens with a hyperextended knee, for those who don't know, it's when the knee kind of goes in the wrong direction, so to speak. It kind of it kind of pushes backwards, but luckily it's no structural damage because that's what normally people think that it might be an MCL or a PCL or a popliteal ligament. That's in the back of your knee for people who don't know. So it could be a knee sprain. I can't tell you where that sprain could be because they don't like to display a lot of information. So this is just the stuff that I see with my own eyes and open my notes and what I've seen from doing you know PT with other athletes going through the same type of injuries and things like that so Clint Capella not being with the Atlanta Hawks is very very detrimental because he's a walking double double for them averaging 11 points and 11 rebounds and honestly they could have used a little bit of Clint Capella in that game against the Miami Heat because they also got busted and it's more than likely going to be a sweep they're hoping that he could come back later in the series but maybe this series is not going to last five games okay they might have a gentleman sweep if they're lucky but he's probably not coming back because they might get swept but that is what that is so moving on because I told you there's a butt ton of injuries in the NBA playoffs right now next up we have the Celtics with center Robert Williams aka the Time Lord the Celtics have been without him for at least the past month or so he had a sprained MCL just before the playoffs started and they're looking for him to be back past the first round but that first round against the Nets Brooklyn Nets and the Celtics that could go either way we're going to talk about that here in a bit soon after I finish up this injury report but they're looking to get him back for hopefully their second series if they even get that far but they're going to have to do their best to try to keep that going without him and then next I know we're finally at last but Ben Simmons, yes, Brooklyn Nets, Ben Simmons, who's been out with a back injury. I don't know why he has a back injury, because I don't know what, what the hell were you doing, but nothing to have a back injury. But 
that's that's neither here or there. But it looks like the he he just begun five on five in practice, and so he's there's a possibility that he will make an appearance in this series against the Boston Celtics. I don't know if that'd be the best idea to do so, because you have a real intense series like this, and then you bring back Ben Simmons, who hasn't played in an entire year in a high-intensity arena like this, and kind of in the same, I don't know, possible spot, so to speak, mentally. Because he last time he played, he choked in the playoffs, and that's what kind of spun this whole ordeal. But still, he's been taking um, epidural shots in his back. Like I said, don't really know the specifics about what's wrong with his back because the man ain't done nothing all season long. But like I said, they don't really give out a lot of information about injuries. So I don't know. But look for him to maybe be back for the Brooklyn Nets in this series against Boston. And if everything works out, goodness gracious, they are going to need him. So that's it for the injury report, the injury update. I know it was a lot. I had to press the little music like three times to keep that going because of how many dudes are unfortunately suffering an injury right now and is very detrimental to their team. So we're going to play another quick break. We'll be right back and then we're going to get to the real nitty gritty with playoff basketball. Just because Tanner's Bar and Grill has been around since the 80s doesn't mean their menu is outdated. They are serving up new weekday food and drink specials with dishes like buffalo mac and cheese, steak tips, bugas, and chicken sandwiches. Don't have time to stop by their location at 1200 Morrow in Aggieville? Tanner's now offers takeout through their website, tannersbarandgrill.com, and delivery through DoorDash. Thank you to Tanners. Now back to what's really going on right here in NBA playoffs. And I think we just have to start off with probably the best game of the weekend. And that is the Celtics taking game one against the Brooklyn Nets, winning 115 to 114. And I just see someone on my IG live that said Marcus Smart just won defensive player of the year. And that's going to be very thinning for what we're going about to talk about right here. So in this little clip that we have, y'all, if y'all didn't see it, y'all gonna have to hear it because it's amazing about what happened in the final seconds of this game. So here's a little clip from that. Durant hounded by Tatum. Durant, tough three, late in the shot clock. No good. Celtics had the rebound. Horford. Kyrie tried to do it by himself, but he got burned. Nine seconds to go. Jalen turns the corner on Dragic. Eight seconds. Kick out. Left side. Smart up picks. Finds the cutter. Tatum spins. Lays it up and in to beat the buzzer. It's over. It's over. The Celtics have won the ball game at the buzzer. Marcus Smart up big the three. That killed the final seconds. Tatum joined the play late. Spun at the rim and scored. They will check the clock, but it reads double zeros right now. <laughs> Did somebody's grandma just make a sweet potato pie? Damn! I can't believe it. He said, damn. But honestly, I understand because watching that on my couch, I had my laptop in front of me pretending like I was going to do some homework, but I didn't at that time because there's no way in hell I was going to do some homework when I had some intense things to watch just like that. But that was an incredible game. Y'all heard Jason Tatum had the game-winning layup. It was assist by the Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Smart. And it was just, it was so chaotic. That last possession, as you guys could hear, the defensive possession from the Celtics, who is 
one of, if not the best defensive team in the entire league. And they absolutely was able to lock up Kyrie Irving in their last offensive possession. And Kyrie Irving, he was just going off on people, bro. This man, he dropped, he ended up dropping 39 points. And we'll get to a little bit more about Kyrie and his little his little antics that he had going on there. But the just the defensive possession that Marcus Smart was able to do, and of course it was brought up by a double team, uh, and he was forced to give the ball up to KD, and then Jason Tatum ended up blocking KD. And KD was in a very tough situation because Kyrie pretty much, he dribbled the clock away, and then he kicked it to KD when it was like, what, four seconds left on the shot clock, and he had to heave it up with some already strong physical defense from Jason Tatum. Al Horford came down with the rebound, got it to Jalen Brown. He pushed it. He drew four guys into the paint, kicked it out to Marcus Smart. He was able to do a shot fake to get two guys in the air, then see a cutting Jason Tatum to do a little spin move, spin cycle past Kyrie for the game winning layup. And it's just super duper chaotic. And I loved every single second of it. And that's what we love to see. That was that was like a drug. It really was because that was the most entertaining game of the in, of the entire weekend. Probably one of the most entertaining game ones we've seen in recent years. And so Jason Tatum ended up with 31 points, four rebounds, eight assists, and the game-winning layup, which that was the only points he scored the entire fourth quarter, by the way. But that's the only points that matter, in my opinion, okay? Because they were down one, and it was just bloop, bloop. Easy peasy, even though ain't nothing about that was easy. And then, but I don't want to say this overshadows it a little bit, but Kyrie Irving, who was just absolutely busting people's behind with 39 points to lead all scores, it was his interaction with the fans, bro. I I don't know if you saw any clips of this, Sophie, but Kyrie Irving, y'all, if y'all don't know, he was with the Boston Celtics for I think two or three seasons, if I'm not mistaken. And that beef that they got, it's not one-sided. Boston does not like Kyrie. Kyrie damn sure don't like Boston. And so that whole thing, while he was in Boston, he said he was going to stay. I want my jersey to be retired here. I'm not going anywhere. Lo and behold, he went somewhere. He was now with the Brooklyn Nets. And then he had this whole ordeal where every time he went to the garden, TD Garden, he was burning some some damn sage around, getting rid of the bad vibes, getting rid of all the negativity. And then he done stepped on the little leprechaun's face right in midcourt. And people would be like, okay, I saw that. And that sort of thing. And Boston already is a very aggressive city. Like, if I had to rank them, I'd be Philly being the most aggressive, then Boston, then maybe New York. They might be interchangeable depending what type of year it is. So that that could be it. So he was getting a lot, a lot of flack from the Boston fans. He flipped them off two separate times. Every, like, you know, people on, like, uh, sitting courtside, saying whatever mean stuff. Kyrie, you suck in their very Boston-ish accent. And he absolutely drained a three and then flipped him off, and then just kept it pushing. Like, the heckling that he got and the heckling he gave back, honestly, I'm here for it. I really am, because he was really busting people's behinds. Every time somebody said, Kyrie, you suck, or Kyrie, explicit, 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 he would just absolutely torch Jalen Brown. He was probably, Jalen Brown was probably thinking, if y'all don't shut up, because this man is just getting absolutely dusted out here trying to guard Kyrie, and Kyrie is just straight giving him buckets. And that's what it is. And it's so, honestly, I love that energy. Every bit of me love that energy. And here's a little clip of Kyrie kind of talking about what that whole ordeal was like with him and what he feels about it. 
maybe. You know, it's nothing new when I come into this building, what it's going to be like, but it's the same energy they have for me, and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan, but, um, you know, when people start yelling and you and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take uh, as a competitor. And, um, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Nah, that's the playoffs. This is what it is. From a basketball standpoint, yeah. do you feel like the hostility you get? There's no hostility, bro. It's basketball. When you were flicking some people off, I'd say that's some hostility. From what? What, what point? Are you guessing that that's hostility? Or like, well, hostility for me is like growing up. Well, we've never seen that from you this season where you are running down the floor flicking people off. It's the first time you actually caught it because it's a big time game. I respond in different ways. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to focus on that. If you want to ask me questions about the fans, go ask them. Go on the street and ask them questions. All right? But I'm asking from your perspective, from a basketball perspective, do you feel like the hostility that you get? It's not hostility, fans, bro. Do you feel like the energy you get from fans in this building Embrace out it. the best from you? Embrace it. Embrace it. It's the dark side. Embrace it. Kyrie was definitely embracing that dark side. And honestly, I was not expecting this from him in his press conference because normally him, he's like, you know, peace, love, and chicken grease, that type of deal. I thought he would be like flipping people off and then talking about some peace, whatever, in the press conference. But nah, he kept that same energy he had on the floor to the press conference. And I like I like this I like this clash. I really do. Between him and the fans, because you know, all you all you hear is like, no. Nah, Fans, like the players gotta be, they gotta be better. They gotta be humble and things like that. They can't respond. I mean, if it's kind of like this, cause this is the type of zestiness I think people like. Cause damn sure it's not gonna be against what, with the players. So the players are all kind of buddy buddy now. So there's not a lot of times you'll get like a clash of heads between players. So if we don't get that from the fans and that's just fine, especially since it worked so well with Kyrie and mm -hmm. literally that entire building booing him every time he touched the ball and he was able to drop a 39-nugget piece. So, Sophie, tell me, what do you feel about that energy from Kyrie? Is it, do you think it's okay, or do you kind of you kind of like that spiciness? Yeah, so obviously, you know, I don't watch the NBA very closely. I know, I know the name, but I don't follow Irving um, very closely. So from an outsider looking in, um, it's hard because I do think you're getting paid millions of dollars. Like, you should probably just take the high road and whatnot. But at the same time, like he he's a person you know what I mean it's like you just yeah. hear these bad things about you time after time after time and I'm not a patient person folks I'll announce that over the radio I would not put up with that if I was him and so maybe I I mean I might have flipped him off I don't know but you know it's <laughs> like I don't I, I don't think you should have flipped them off you know because there's millions of people watching and there's kids watching but at the same time it's like he like I'm not totally mad at him either and like the way he handled it in the press conference that's what I like because I like that he wasn't like that he stuck to his guns and he didn't defend his like actions necessarily but he's also like you know what it is what it is I don't want to spend my time talking about it I just want to talk basketball and that's also what happens in basketball I don't know I like the way that he handled it in the press conference I'm not necessarily mad at him for the way that it happened I'm not like oh my gosh he's so unprofessional like it wasn't great but you know what at the same time like that is so it's hard to hear I mean even when I played high school sports you know it's hard when it's like other parents and stuff are talking bad about you and you can literally hear that on the court like you know it's just it's hard and it's it just it gets to a point where it's like yeah the entire the stadium booing you every time you touch the ball and like f you like that's not 
Like, at what point are you like, okay, you need to have a little bit of respect for me as a person. Like, it happened. It's in the past. I don't, I don't blame him. I would have been fed up if I was him. Absolutely. And I, I have never been in that situation before. I don't know what I would do. Maybe I, you know, keep my head high or who knows? Maybe I'd fold like a stack of cheap sheets. I don't know. I, maybe I'd, I'd fold in that situation. Might smack somebody in the face and they'd really have to carry me out the stadium. I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know how it is, but he did it the best way he could. Not only was it to do like, you know, all the double birds behind the head, like we wasn't going, like we wasn't going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> but, and also, but, like I said, he was giving out buckets. And that's what I love is, like, he wasn't – it wasn't one of those things where, like, he dropped one three and then did it. It's like he had oh, – he had consistent. he had points on points on points. And it's like he was thriving in that environment. And so part of me is like, like, at, at what point do you just be like, okay, clearly our booing isn't working. He has 35 points at this point. We should probably just, like – layoff and so part of me is like you know what like he proved something to them and like kind of good for him actually like girl this is boston (laughs) they are not gonna step off of nobody and you can't tell me the fans didn't low-key enjoy this too yeah i mean yeah they loved it when he sent the bird back they're like let's go that's what we need he hears (laughs) us that sort of thing that's like that's (laughs) not gonna stop so it's it's I I feel like it's a love hate relationship. Obviously, those two hate each other, but they love when they both respond to each other. It's I just like feel on the fight, and maybe maybe it would have like it's it's just going to continue, and that's maybe like if he wouldn't have responded, maybe it wouldn't be as bad, you know, for the rest of this this series. But at the same time, I don't know. I'm not mad at it. Um, I I like it as long as it doesn't go like go overboard, as you know, last year someone yeah. threw a water ball at Kyrie. While he was in Boston, right. uh, someone threw, and this is not in Boston, but some like another fan threw popcorn on Russell Westbrook. And then I think, I don't know if it was earlier this season or late last season to where LeBron had, had these two people escorted off of the court because they were saying some foul, foul stuff about his son. And then it's like, when it's, when it's things like it that, when, it's, like, when it crosses the line, yeah. I'll be like, okay, y'all got to chill because now this is not fun for anybody. Yeah. When, like, when, when you get to that point, I'll be like, okay, that's true. But the, like, but the banter, the whole, Kyrie, you suck. This, then the third, when you're not physically like threatening to kill somebody or their family member or throwing objects at them. Okay, cool. Everything else, the fun, the fun banter type of deal, even though it has explicits, but it's not like the overwhelming, like life threatening type of deal. That's that's what we like to see. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? If he if he feels that he needs to respond, like like I say, I'm not I'm not mad at it. Not I mean, at I all. don't. Yeah. In most situations, I'd be like, dude, come on, you make millions of dollars, like just tuck your head and keep going. But at the same time, with this situation. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's not it's not all bad. I'm not mad at him for this at no. all. We thrive off toxicity. Boston yeah. thrives <laughs> off negativity, and so does Kyrie. So it's a honestly, it's a match made in heaven. Yeah, seriously. So so back to the toxicities type of deal. Another playoff series that I am very fascinated with is the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Memphis Grizzlies. That's that's what I like. I even tweeted out like, "Well, this is gonna be this is a toxic." booty series and i'm really here for it because because <laughs> the grizzlies they they're like that team they're like we climbing up the chimney we want all the smoke that's that's the type that they that's the type of time that they were on but with the timberwolves taking that game one series like that game one winning 130 to 117 i mean now the timberwolves are probably like yo what happened i thought y'all want the smoke where y'all at type of deal and so anthony edwards 
he this was his playoff debut and he dropped 36 on him in his playoff debut Anthony Edwards is an absolute talent, one of the most. And this is a series between two of the most athletic guards in the NBA, with Anthony Davis and John Morant. Even John Morant, even though it was a kind of like a slow night for him, so to speak, where he doesn't look like he was dominating like he normally does, he still dropped 32 points. Like this, this was still that he he was still on that type of time, and that's why I'm so fascinated with this series. And I'm gonna play a quick clip from Anthony Edwards after his game against the Grizzlies. Anthony, you said you like playing against the Grizzlies for sure. Like, what is it about this team where you like to have fun playing against them? Um, I just feel like we match up well against them um, from 1 through 15, from everybody, from the, the equipment guys, like everything. I just feel like we match up perfectly. You had a big game against them last year, I recall, before this season. So is there just something about going against Ja or against this team that just fires your gears up a little bit more? I think uh, Memphis fans uh, ignites uh, my game when we're playing here. Why is that? Uh, Cause they talk so much trash. Yeah, it's just they just be talking. Even the kids, the kids was the worst today. Like the little kids, <laughs> like he was eight years old, ten years old. Anthony, go sit down. You suck. Like, just it's just fun, man. Basketball is fun to me. I, I love it. Excited for game two, knowing the crowd is probably gonna be a little bit more on on you and Carl a little bit more. Um, I man, I really don't even care for real. I'm coming out to have fun, and impact winning. If whatever the crowd gonna do, they gonna do. I ain't gonna get into it though. See, I love that from Anthony Edwards, even though it kind of con- like contradicts everything that we said with Kyrie and his whole thing with Boston. But I do believe like, there's Memphis fans and then there's Boston fans yeah. when it comes to certain things. So I can't, I can't measure this on them because Memphis to Boston, like I said, Boston right. is aggressive. But right. this whole series, like Anthony Edwards says, they match up so well. Everyone, all 15 dudes and even down to the trainers and the towel boys and the dudes that they got over there. That's why I love it so much. And then one thing that just keeps us going, because they have they have uh, Patrick Beverly. And that's why I think there's going to be such a toxic series, because Patrick Beverly, he is known as like the pest of the NBA. He is he brings that Black Air Force One energy everywhere he goes. He's going to be all up in your behind. He's not he's not great offensively, but defensively, I mean, I'm not gonna say he's always gonna be like defensive player of the year type of deal, but his presence will be felt on the defensive end. And now that he's no longer with the Clippers, because of course, being you know like in the Dallas Mavericks, I hate the Clippers, and so I hated Patrick Beverly. But him being somewhere else, it doesn't bother me all that much. But why I think it's just so toxic because Patrick Beverly, he he I'm brings sorry. that spoke. What the heck, Siri? Go away, <laughs> girl. Okay. Anyway, Patrick Beverly brings that type of smoke literally every team that he goes to. And honestly, I just look at him. He's like he's like an itch. I, that's just what I like to call him. He lo- he looks itchy, but he just <laughs> that's just the type of energy that he has. He he will literally he will trash talk the entire time. And Anthony Edwards says the entire Grizzlies team and all the way down to their childlike fans always trash talk. And that's why I like that toxicity. I want people to just get in your face that type of deal. And if we're gonna have that with Boston and Brooklyn, great. We're gonna have it again right here with the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. And that's that's what I like. So like Sophie, what is is that the type of thing that you like to see in like playoff basketball? 
Yeah, it's so funny to me that he said the eight-year-olds were talking trash because I'm a very competitive person. I'm like, man, did I start talking trash at eight? Like, maybe. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Did I start doing that at eight years old? But I kind of love that. And I love that he thought it was funny because that, I feel like with the point you said about, you know, like, Boston fans are above and beyond, but this is yeah. like, this is pretty harmless. And so it's like, he's laughing about it, you know, but, but Irving, I get why he was like taking offense to it. And he's like, I'm done with y'all. Like, I get that two very different situations, but it's funny because these games are like, they don't feel like game one of the first round of playoffs. No, this don't. feels like, I mean, like March madness, like, you know, it, it feels like ride or die, like one game. It just, it's, it's overwhelming. I'm like, this is crazy. I can't even imagine if the energy is this way now like what are what is it going to be when we have four teams and we're down to the wire and we're in game sixes and game sevens like I don't know I I am excited like I say I'm not a huge NBA fan but um as long as my nuggets hold tight um I mean I'm in it for the long haul oh I'm glad thank you for that segue Sophie as we can talk about at least for the last three minutes the Golden State Warriors took game one against Denver, getting absolutely smacked. I'm sorry, girl. Uh. 123 to 107. And of course, like I said, there was two guys on the injury report that I just did yeah. that is out. So they're pretty much only relying on defending MVP and possibly two-time MVP, Nikola Jokic. And that was just he's doing he's doing the best he can yeah. with with what he has. So like so we like you've you've watched a good amount of Denver basketball, right? Yeah. At least a little bit. Who can like who can step up with Jokic to try to at least extend this series and not for it to be a sweep? Yeah, and he's I cannot think of his name. Oh my gosh, his Hold first up. name is like Bones. Is that even Oh right? Highland Bones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bones yeah, Highland? Yeah. Bones Highland. Yes. I read some some little tidbit about him and I've heard that he kind of even outshined uh um Nicola in the in, I can't even remember what game. I don't know. I'm I'm horrible. I don't. I'm not even a true fan. But um, I don't know. I just I hate Golden State. And and I'm again, sorry. I'm so loyal. You know, I'm from Colorado. I gotta go for the Nuggets. But I I'm scared, Jasmine. I without Jamal Murray, like what's even gonna happen to us? Um, it it hurt us a lot that he's out this year, and we might be a completely different team if we had him. But we don't. And so we've just kind of got to roll with what we can. But Highland, I think he can step up and play, you know, uh, with the rest of our team. And, and hopefully we can at least – I'd be happy if we won two games out of this series. It's going to take a lot because Golden uh. State – I am sorry, I like Golden State. <laughs> what they got in Jordan Poole dropping 30 points in his debut. He should be in the conversation of most improved player of the year, but he was left off that Reese for some weird damn reason. But that's that's pretty much it. And honestly, that's all the time that we have here tonight. I know time flies so fast when you are having fun. Thank you guys so much for listening. Everyone, please follow Sophie. Sophie, what is your socials? Yeah, you guys can follow me on Instagram at SophieDilly2425. Thank you. And you guys can follow me on Twitter at JaysWitit2. That is J-A-Y-S-W-I-T-I-T and the number to everyone tune back in next week next monday here on wildcat 91.9 gonna have more basketball stuff possibly more baseball stuff and hopefully more k-state basketball news with the transfer portal i don't know we'll have to see but thank you guys so much for tuning in this has been running back on wildcat 91.9